All right, so Katie McDonald joins us every Sunday morning, uh, bringing us news from down under and the surrounds, uh, surrounding areas of the Antipodes. And we've spoken an awful lot on the show with Katie about Australia Day and the significance, the non-significance, the political correctness, the history, all of that. Um, and the debate continues. It's passed now, but the debate continues uh, over its relevance. Uh, Katie, hi. What, what transpired hi. this past Australia Day? Well, it's quite interesting because, um, yeah, there are all sorts of plans, plans for marches in the main capital cities and, yeah, in other, you know, places as well, um, towns and such. And then you also had people, you know, just saying, I'm going to do what I usually do. What is quite interesting is that, because I ducked, but on Australia Day, I, I got out of Sydney, it was too hot. And... A recent arrival came with me and Ubered to a meeting point and we went from there. And this person said, I thought, you know, on Australia Day, there were celebrations and parades and flags and all such things. And it's like so quiet. So, yeah, basically, um, look, there were celebrations and Australians love to, especially those that have got access to the coast, go to the beach. The beaches were full, Um, people were barbecuing, people were, you know, there were flags around and such things, but there were also marches. Uh, Thankfully, there were no major incidents. There was, you know, one quite nasty thing. Um, There were a group of about 60 men in balaclavas that were stopped. They were coming into Sydney by train and they were stopped by police and as it transpired, one of them was a the leader of a well-known neo-Nazi group, and they were basically told they could not you know, come closer into the city, and there were a couple of arrests. But apart from that, it was, it was pretty calm. And there were some beautiful stories as well. Uh, one particular um, elder who lives up in northern Queensland, he did this wonderful thing. I, you see, Sarah Janice just did, I think, Yes, Australia Day, the arrival of the First Fleet, Survival Day, Invasion Day, whatever you want to call it. I don't think it's bad if it encourages conversation and then, you know, needs to lead to change. It should. So this wonderful um, elder, he combined three days of Indigenous storytelling with the festivities. Got you. So, yeah, yeah, it was a lovely idea. So barbecue but with traditional bush food, um, Australian and um, Aboriginal flags there as well. And I love this quote because he's a 70-year-old man and he essentially said, look, for us to move forward, we all have to acknowledge the past. We live in the same community and we're all striving for the same things. So there were, you know, other such um, initiatives to educate people and for them to sort of learn more. But the marches were pretty big. Um, In Melbourne, there were 35,000 people marching. And then um, in Sydney, quite a few, not quite as big. There were other movements, um, you know, other groups were invited to join. Quite a few um, supporters of um, Palestinian, uh, yeah, freedoms joining those marches. But um, 
you know, it, it happened, it passed, and let's just hope that the conversation continues in a positive way. I think you've just uh, said something so important. Yeah, I think you've just said something so important there, Katie, which is around the remembrance. You know, so so much of the so much of the issues that we we find ourselves in, um, Australia and and South Africa alike, and I'm sure other other parts of the world is is the um, that so much stems from the attempts to erase history, and that's what people find yeah. problematic. Um, it's not. It's not that people choose to have a bry. It's not the bry in and of itself. It's the forgetting of the past, and it's the the rewriting of history. Often, um, I I am a firm believer that both can live together. There can be a coexisting. It could become a celebration. But you don't you don't move forward by just going. Oh well, the past never happened, or this is our version of the past when it's not actually exactly. accurate. So, yeah. Uh, exactly. No, I look. I'll never forget years ago in my broadcasting career um, or during that, someone said to me, oh, yeah, but history's useless. We don't need to study history. Sure. Well, don't even get me going yeah. because, yeah, it's it's like, number one, you know, if we don't, we're bound to repeat the mistakes um, of the past. And it is important. And it's like, you know, you can know about the past maybe try to understand it. We can't always, but it's the past. And the idea is to move forward and learn lessons and things. So I think Sarah Jane, um, yeah, there was anger and there will continue to be anger and, I, and you know, justifiably so. But I think people are interacting more and talking more. And I hope I'm not being sort of Pollyanna-ish about that. Uh, I do. I do hope that that continues. Yeah, because um, we are one country. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to to your second story, Katie. Australia has now joined Italy and and a few other countries in halting uh, funding to uh, UN agency over a claim. Oh, this is heavy. Over a claim that staff were involved in the Hamas attack on Israel, and now an investigation's underway. What more do we know about this? So the latest um, information that I gather is that, okay, so um, this is the largest, uh, most major aid agency in Palestine. Uh, it's been operating, I think, since 1948, 13,000 staff. It's got 1.4 million Palestinians at the moment who are displaced, living in you know, various buildings and such. And... Um, yeah, it, ins- it assists so many people, you know, majority of Palestinians. Now, the claim was that there were people employed by this agency who supported or were involved in the attack, sorry, attacks of the, of the 7th of October. As the latest is that there were 12 staff members involved there have been, um, people have been fired from their jobs. There is an investigation. Apparently one hostage uh, said that they were held in the house of a worker from this refugee agency. So as you could well imagine, this is all going to be investigated even more. Um, they'll need to get it right because... You know, Australia and other countries in the U.S. is the largest founder of this organization. They've paused their aid. 
And our foreign minister had just got back from a trip to Israel and had announced that Australia will be giving another $22 million worth of aid. Of that, $6 million was going to this particular agency. So, as we can imagine, there's a huge amount of need and, yeah, having a pause in funding is not, not going to be... Yeah, I think it's going to kind of cause quite a crisis. But um, the United Nations and the people responsible, you know, and that work with the agency, they have responded very quickly. As I said, some people let go and an investigation is ongoing. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's quite a few countries that have um, that have stopped their aid, paused their aid. Yeah, I see so. So, yeah, yeah, quite um, quite concerning. So I would imagine that they'll be working on it very, very quickly. Um, you know, there are all sorts of look. He said, she said um, things, as we know. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to see what other countries: Germany, Canada, the UK, <clears throat> Italy, now Australia. Uh, the Netherlands and Switzerland and and Finland. Yeah, yeah. Katie, let's move on to your next story, which is terribly odd. Um, A small Australian marsupial. um, Oh, it looks so cute, though. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to read a headline from the conversation. These fierce tiny marsupials drop dead after lengthy sex fests. (laughs) What? And yes. some, oh, and and then the, and then the addendum is, and sometimes become cannibals. What are these little creatures? What know, is this little thing that I'm looking at here? Well, looks like a mouse. Look, a little bit of a qualifier and admission, and you've you've probably picked this up, Sarah Jane. Mm. But I do, I love wildlife. Yes, and it's not just Australian wildlife, but I am, you know, particularly partial to the wildlife here, and very saddened that you know there are so many that are, are threatened, and I. You know, I just love these little bizarre sort of mammals, so, and especially the tiny ones. So this is a tiny mouse-like marsupial. So um, marsupial with a pouch, okay? And oh, yes, they yes, have... Yes, yes and um, they've been, there's this group that have been studying them, this one particular scientist um, in particular, and it seems that they have got this very odd breathing system that apparently is common among flies and some fish, you know, where the males live for a short time. And what happens with these little marsupials in the breeding season, the men get, or the males, get incredibly active, very active. Right. And um, they forget to sleep. So that's, that's one of the things they've been looking at. How do they particularly, I mean, how do they handle the lack of sleep? And they become focused only on Mm. And these animals, they call them, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but anti-chinuses. Right. Um, anyway, they engage in what they refer to. I mean, it sounds terrible. Suicidal reproduction. What is that? And, well, apparently it's this biological sort of activity. and Going at it until they die. Essentially, yeah. But, <laughs> yes. 
exactly. There's so much going through my mind at 7.26 on a Sunday morning. It's not late nights anymore. I don't do that show anymore. So all the all the quips and the witticisms and little innuendos that are coming into my head, I'm not allowed to say because it's 7.26 on a Sunday morning. OK, tell us more. Yeah, so they've just um, said they've been studying them for various reasons, but also, um, you know, as I said, mentioned to find out how they handle not sleeping, and they're not the only. They've seen this um, type of reproduction in some other marsupial species. Species uh, it's called semelparity, um, and that'll also obviously uh, need to be researched even further, but. This is what has come out, you know, this decade-long study. And, you know, they're kind of calling it, yeah, all sorts of little clips and things, obviously, but a live-fast-die-young lifestyle. <laughs> live so, um, and the little rodent-like things, I'm not going to try the name again. Um, yeah, the ones with the higher levels of testosterone, they're the ones that get even more uh, active, you know, um, and sleepless and increase their their um, sexual activities. So quite sad because then um, then they die. What's really bleak about this is that there's an article in the conversation which kind of goes into a into more detail into why and what. Um, but there have been cases of. Um, these little creatures, Antichinus, uh, being caught then eating a dead member of its crew. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, though. I mean, I, I just look, I find it. It's not something I mean, I've ever seen Richard Attenborough, David Attenborough, not Richard Attenborough, that would be ludicrous, David Attenborough ever talking about, but but perhaps he'll perhaps he'll bless us with a series on Antichinus uh, and their. Uh, <laughs> Their lengthy sex fests, yes. which which end up with them one foot, well, not one foot in the grave, all four feet in the grave. Ho hum. Um, Djokovic is out of the Australian Open. He's out. Um, he was pretty, uh, yeah, he was quite um, down on himself uh, with regards to how he played. He said, you know, he did not play well. And you can imagine he was pretty gutted about that. But then. There have been headlines here about Ash Barty because, you know, she's quite the darling of Australian tennis. And she announced that she was retiring and she retired on a high, having won Wimbledon. Um, and she's had a little baby. And now she's going back into competitive sport, but golf. And apparently she has a handicap of four. So I think she's one of these genetically blessed individuals, you know, who can sort of take on, you know, various sports. Um, but yeah, so I'd like somebody who plays. I'd like somebody, sorry, mm-hmm. Katie, um, and I'm sure there are some out there now who might be on the golf course, although it looks a bit overcast, so maybe not. Golf is something, is a sport that I have never understood. I don't understand the handicap. Could yeah. somebody who is a, a keen golfer give me a call, please? This very morning, 021 4460567, and very, very briefly, in incredibly layman's terms, explain to me the point of golf, if you wouldn't yeah, mind. Exactly. And, the, 
I'll have to keep listening because and the yeah, handicap. Like what does it? What is? What mm. does the handicap mean? What does it denote? Please, Katie. We have to go, but before we do, I just want to very, very quickly bring you into the Sunday conundrum, uh, of course, which yes. is something that we do every Sunday. Uh, and this this uh, Sunday conundrum is a is a global Sunday conundrum. It's not something that's been sent in to me. It comes off the back of the Oscar nominations this week, right? So uh, the Oscar nominate uh, Oscar nod came out this week Oscars next month and there were quite a few raised eyebrows mostly around the absence of the Barbie movie in some of the major categories uh, it did receive eight mm. nominations not too shabby however Greta Gerwig who was the director missed out on best director and Margot Robbie uh, managed well didn't manage to get um, a best actress nod okay Fans were then very quick to point out that Ryan Gosling, uh, who starred as Ken, secured himself a Best Actor nod. And, and it wasn't lost on on uh, movie buffs who said, hold on a minute, the Academy rescuing, uh, re- recognising Ryan rather than uh, Margot, slightly ironic for a film that was all about feminism and the patriarchy. Ryan Gosling then comes out on Tuesday and expresses his fury that the Academy sort of overlooked his female colleagues. Um, and he gives this long statement about, you know, how, how ironic it is. There is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and, and Margot Robbie and blah, blah, blah. And uh, says that he's not he's very disappointed and, and all of that stuff. But he stopped short of saying, but I won't take the Oscar nod. I won't I won't be nominated. What are your thoughts? Should is is what he's oh, done is what he's done enough? Is that a his his disappointment that he is, or his anger, or his um, uh, be, being unimpressed with the fact that his co- his female colleagues weren't nominated? Is that enough, or do you think he should have the oh, full courage of his convictions and say, you know what, I'm out? I feel very strongly, and I'll just briefly say to me that equates to, for example, these top male CEOs who say, no, we're in sympathy with women; they should break the glass ceiling but they don't, you know, sort of cut their salaries to do so. Yeah. So I think that actions speak loudly. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think he's going to get it. Oppenheimer's going to get all of the things <laughs> anyway. But yeah. that aside, that, that aside um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I withdraw. And that's from the top of my head. I haven't thought about it, but that is my instant reaction. Yeah. If you really want to support your mates, put yourself in the same basket. It's not like, you know, so sad they didn't get given candy, but I'll be eating mine in front of them. Sure. <laughs> I love that analogy. And then just before we let you go, uh, do you borrow, do you lend books to people? Oh, Sarah Jane, you had me in hysterics or sitting here quietly in hysterics. So I, I don't mean to sadden you, but I really do feel... But once a late returner, always a late returner. And oh. it's something that has always happened um, yeah, to myself. And the best thing, the best thing that's happened is our local library, it's one of you know, a few here, uh, that have now online borrowing. So what? with an app to read them, it's called BorrowBox, the one they use. Right. And so you borrow the books online and... Once, yeah, once it's return date or whatever, if you don't renew them, they just go back into the internet, either at the world oh, or whatever. Oh, but I mean, then you have to read and a digital book. Yes. Oh, no, yes, that's never going to happen. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know, I know. But, yeah, look, just life circumstances, I, I do read digital, 
digitally. Right. Um, and I know that's not everyone's thing. Yeah, it's not my thing. But I mean, it might have to be my thing because I think, as much as I, as much as I'm filled with shame about it, uh, Katie, I think you're right. Once a late borrower, always a late borrower. 